Well, hello, my beautiful family. How many of you know that sometimes hearing the truth hurts, right? Sometimes hearing the truth hurts. Good morning. So glad that you're all here. Today is going to be a great day in God's house. And this morning, I titled my message this morning, my beautiful family, Tickle My Ears. That's kind of a weird title for a message, right? And, and, and those of you who, are, who this sounds familiar, those of you who might know this chunk of scripture that we're going to look at today, I want to especially challenge you to be open to what it is that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you today. Tickle my ears. What am I talking about? What am I talking about when I say tickle my ears? What's the Bible meme when it uses that phrase? What are we doing here? What should we be expecting when we come to church? What are some things that should take place? Are there some things here that should not take place? And what would be a red flag maybe for you if this happened or that happened? What I want to do today, my beautiful family, is I want to give you, if you'll allow me, I want to teach you, I want to give you some clarification on exactly what it is that we're doing here. And then I have a warning for you in this message today. And so just right from the very, very beginning, I want to invite you to do what I'm doing. And that is, Holy Spirit, you speak to me today. What should I get? What should I take from this message today and apply it to my life? Tickle my ears. I want you to just say stuff that I want to hear. Just speak to me and always agree with me and just me, me, me. That idea can sometimes creep into the church. Just tell me what I want to hear all the time. Don't ever make me uncomfortable with what I think or how I live. Just tickle my ears. And so I want to start our message off today, my beautiful family, asking you a question. And that question is this. What do you believe my job is? What do you think my job as a pastor is? Some people might answer, your job, pastor is to put together messages that bless my soul. Bless my socks off, pastor. Right? Right? I'm coming to church and I'm looking to get me a blessing. I wonder where that thought started, where that line of thinking started, because in ancient biblical times, people didn't show up to church looking to get a blessing. They showed up. And it was all about worship and sacrifice. So at some point along the way, Jeanette, we've made it about just showing up because I'm getting me a blessing. You know what I mean? Where'd that thought start? What's my job? It's your job. 
To get up there and talk about money. Oh, brother, there he is. Don't you hate it when pastors talk about money? Maybe some of you think it's my job to, to raise money. Maybe some of you think it's my job to talk to those old filthy sinners. Talk to those filthy sinners, right? What, what does the Bible say? My job is. I'm going to clarify that for you today, my beautiful family. There's a challenge in this message for me today that you guys better hold me to. And there's a challenge in this message for you today as well. Are you ready? Would you just nod your head at me? Are you ready to be challenged today? Like nod your head at me. Well, okay, good. Most of you nodded. Most of you nodded. So before we jump into the scripture family, I need to talk to you about something that is happening in our culture today and even happening in churches. And that is this idea that we have to all always agree on everything. And I came to debunk that thinking today. I want you to know that it is okay as a Christian for you to think differently than I do. I'm not saying to you all, come here to GT, listen to me speak, because I want the way I follow Jesus and what my relationship with Jesus looks like. Yours should look exactly the same. You should always agree with me on everything. To be a really good Christian means that we all always agree on everything. And that is absolutely not true. And so I want to talk to you before we jump into the scripture because it will help frame the context of this message. I want to talk to you about something, family, and just bear with me for a minute, okay? This is a red flag moment. This is something that I want you to all pay attention to and grab onto. I want to talk to you about the dangers, family of group think. Group think. Group think is the practice of thinking or making decisions as a group in a way that discourages creativity or individual responsibility. So what that means is, is everybody here, everybody that calls themselves a Christian, in order to be a really, really good Christian, we all have to think the same way about everything. And that's not true. There are things that I think that you disagree with. And there are things that that you think and do that I disagree with. The thing that we must agree on, family, the thing that is a non-negotiable is that Jesus Christ is precisely who he said he is. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he doesn't need me to add to him or anybody take away from him. He is God all by himself. Amen, family. The thing that we must agree on is Jesus is the only way to the Father. He is the only way that our sins are forgiven. He is the only way that you and I 
get into heaven. He's the only way. We must agree on that. Outside of that, there are going to be things that we disagree on. Gail, what happened to the days when we can just respectfully disagree? It's like, well, but as a Christian, and and I've heard this, you guys, I have heard this. I just don't see how you can be a Christian and be a Republican. I just don't see how you can be a Christian and be a Democrat. Oh, those Democrats. I've heard that. And that thinking has made its way into the church with the idea of causing division. And so we've got to keep our eyes on the prize. We can't fall into that garbage. We've got to keep. And so groupthink says, if we don't agree on everything, we don't agree on anything. And I'm here to tell you that's dangerous, family. Do you know what they call those kinds of churches that demand that everybody agree all the time on everything? They're not churches. They're called cults. So groupthink says, I'm not responsible for my own decisions. I just only do what everybody does. Danger, family. Danger, danger, danger. It's a psychological phenomenon that occurs within a group of people in which the desire for harmony, just the desire to keep the peace and conformity in the group, results in an irrational or dysfunctional decision-making outcome. So when you're making decisions for your life and for your family, what groupthink says is you get everybody's opinion on it. You get everybody's idea, and then we'll make all of our decisions about life together. Again, not a church, but a cult. And so what we do, family, I don't say you do, I don't want you to stop and think before you do something, well, what would Pastor Matt do? WWMD, what would Pastor Matt do? No, I want, I want you to stop and think, what does the Bible say? Whatever the Bible says, and however Jesus lived, that's how I'm going to live. Amen, family? Because it's not about Pastor Matt, it's all about Jesus. Can I get a Hallelujah. hallelujah. And so I'm here early. It's okay if you and I disagree on some stuff, man. We don't have to agree on everything. There are some things, right, Roger, that are non-negotiable, right? I mean, so we have to keep the main thing, the main thing. And it's all about Jesus. So what's my job, you guys? What's my job in these day and times that we live in now? What's my job? And there's a challenge in this message for me. And there's a challenge in this message for you too, okay? Paul is addressing Timothy, who is a pastor. And he says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, because that's why we do what we do. Amen, family, because of God, because of Jesus, because us following him, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearance and his kingdom, my mandate 
is to preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, which means to convince, to compel, that, that I need to convince you guys to love Jesus with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. To reprove, to rebuke, and that there are some of my messages should step on your toes from time to time. Some of my messages should be like, no, look, you know, you know, you know better than that, right? Most of my messages, there are people who are just like, I think, I think you need to be up on that stage. You need to be talking about sin a whole lot more. I miss those fire and brimstone messages. I, you need to be talking about sin. Now, what they mean is not my sin. Everybody else's sin, right? I mean, now, pastor, I don't want you all up in my business, but you talk about, oh, yeah, those sinners, not my sin. I'm here to tell you today that most of my messages should be good news, right? Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. And so I love when Paul is giving instructions. He's like, pastors, you get up there and you convince people to get into that Bible. You convince people to tell other people about Jesus. You convince people to love Jesus more and more. And yes, some of your messages should make us go, ouchie, my gouchie, he's talking about me. Oh, geez, he's talking about. But then he goes on to say, exhort. And that's what I love. I want you to know that I consider myself one of your biggest cheerleaders. When you say you can't, I say with the authority of Jesus Christ that you absolutely can. When you feel like you can't take it anymore, by the word of God, I challenge you to stand and keep on standing. I love being one of your number one encouragers exhorters. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. With great patience and instruction. Which means I shouldn't get disgusted at you for messing up. I should instruct you and I should challenge you and I should exhort you and, but I should be ultra ultra patient with you because the fact of the matter is, Dave, I want you to be patient with me too. You know what I mean? I and so Paul is super clear, you guys. Paul is ultra clear on what my job is. Every week that you guys show up, I want you to demand something from me. Number one, I want you, I want to feel you say, Pastor, please don't preach your opinion. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm not getting up out of bed and driving over here to this church to hear your opinion, Pastor, which doesn't change anything. Pastor, don't preach your opinion. But I expect you, Janet, to demand that I preach the word. 
Because my opinion is not going to change anything in you. But the word of God, when I bring the Bible, when I preach the word of God, that is the thing that sets you free. That's the thing that when you feel like all hope is gone, it's the word of God when I preach the word that lets you know you can go on. You can face tomorrow. It's the word of God that says you can make it because if God is for you, who can be against you? My opinion won't set anybody free. But the word of God, the word of God is what makes all the difference. Phil, you better hold my feet to the fire. If I ever show up here and all I'm going to do is talk about my opinion this and my opinion that. That doesn't mean anything. What breaks the chains? What sets the captives free? Is hearing what Jesus thinks about you. And I'm here to tell you this morning that what you think about yourself matters, but what Jesus thinks about you is far more important than what you think about yourself because you're ready to write yourself off too early. Jesus says, I can take all of your failures and all of your mistakes and I can turn those ashes into beauty. Those things that you don't want anybody to know about, those are the very things. Those things that people, oh, people won't understand and you better not talk about that. It's those very things, your greatest weaknesses that I'm going to turn into your greatest testimony. That's what God does. That's why you don't need me to stand up here and preach my opinion. And I know some of you think, oh, Pastor Matt, I don't mind you having an opinion. I'll give you your opinion. (laughs) But my opinion doesn't amount to a hill of beans. But the power of the word of God always accomplishes what it sets out to do. And so I expect you guys to demand that I preach the word of God. And what about you? What about you? What, that's my challenge. To make sure that I'm connecting with God in a powerful enough way. That I don't let people's opinions I think, Pastor, you need to be standing up there talking more against abortion. Pastor, I think you should stand up there and talk a lot more about the Jewish connection to Christianity. Pastor, I think you should get up there and talk about those Democrats. Talk about, I I, I have to not listen to you. I have to not listen to you. I have to listen to what the Holy Spirit instructs me. Because ultimately, I have to stand before God And God's not going to say, well, did she like your message? And did he agree with you? Ultimately, it's the word of God that breaks the chains off of people's lives. So tickle my ears, pastor. Tell me, tell me, tell me, like I'm really struggling in my marriage. So every day, every Sunday I show up, I want you to speak a message about marriage. I, I have to make sure that I'm, that I'm connecting with the Holy Spirit so that I keep what's important to him in front of me. What about you guys? What's your challenge? 
What's the, what's the word of God say? This is a red flag moment again. I have it back there. I should have brought my red flag out. But then I would have had to stand here and hold it the whole time. So, yeah. So listen what your challenge in this message is today. Paul goes on to say, there's coming a time, you guys. There's coming a time. A time will come when people will not endure sound doctrine. They will not want to hear from the Bible. I show up and I want you to tell me what I want to hear. I want the goosebumps and I want it to feel like you're only talking to me and I would, there's times when they're gonna run pastors out on a rail because they don't wanna hear sound biblical teaching. But wanting to have their ears tickled, and that's kind of weird, tickle your own ear, you guys. Doesn't that feel strange? I don't know. Anyway, wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. And so if I'm really struggling in my finances, I better show up here on Sunday and you be talking about how God's going to bless me in my finances. If I'm struggling in my health, I better be able to show up here every Sunday and hear a message about God, how God wants to heal my body. If I'm struggling in my relationships, you better be talking every Sunday, pastor, about they'll run pastors out who really want to preach the word and do what God wants them to do, and they're going to gather around them teachers and pastors who will tickle their ears in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. I don't want to hear the word. No Christian would ever say that, right? I don't want to hear biblical teaching. We would think no Christian would ever say that. But Paul is saying there's coming a time when people that you thought, oh man, they love Jesus. There's no way they would ever turn away from Jesus. Oh, I mean, she is so on fire for him. There's no way she would ever. There's, you're going to be shocked at people who've been saved for years and years. I don't want to hear that. Just tickle my ears. Just tell me what I want to hear, pastor, and then I'll come. Don't ever step on my toes. Don't ever challenge me. Don't ever, just tell me what I want to hear. Make it all about me. And then we're good. Paul says that's going to happen. But then he goes on to say, but you, GT Church, <laughs> but you, Pastor Matt's beautiful family, he doesn't end there. He says, but GT, GT, you be sober in all things. When everybody else is saying, no, nope, tell me what I want to hear. You keep a level head is what sober means there. You keep a level. When other Christians are turning away because they want their ears tickled, you keep your head about you in all things. You remember, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. You keep your head 
You can't show up and expect me. Come to Jesus and life will magically be good from now on. Because he goes on to say, get ready, endure hardships. Hard times are, are a part of life. They just are. So there's no magic formula. Come to Jesus and you'll never hurt again. Come to Jesus and all your problems will magically disappear. It sounds good, but it's against the Bible. All of us have good times. All of us have hard times. And so it would be ridiculous for me to teach otherwise. And what Paul is saying is it would be ridiculous for you to think otherwise. I only want to hear messages about how great I am. I only want to hear messages about, oh yes, I can do all things, and yes, it's all about me, and I'm this, and I'm that, and I'm powerful, and I'm strong, and I'm an overcomer, and I'm me, 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 me. And Paul says, reality, and you all know it. That's the thing. You all know life has its ups, Life has its downs. Paul says, in the hard times, because Christ is in you, you're going to endure. You're not folding. And so if you're here today and you're thinking, enough's enough, you're not giving up in Jesus' name. You'll endure because he's in you. You'll make it. You're going to make it. It says, do the work of an evangelist. What's that mean? That means you need to be telling people that you work with about Jesus. You need to be telling that brother-in-law that you'd rather not see. You need to be telling him about Jesus or that mother-in-law, father you know. That neighbor, that neighbor who gets on your last nerve. Like, you need to think less about your last nerve and more about are they going to heaven or are they going to hell. Do the work. Tell people about Jesus. Because you telling other people about Jesus, well, guess what, you guys? It'll get the focus off of you. Fulfill your ministry. And so I don't know where that idea came into the church. And the reason I'm showing up to church today is because I'm going to get me a blessing. Oh, I'm coming to get my blessing. I'm coming to get my blessing. I hope that you'll agree with me on point number two, family. Church is not about what I can get, 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 get. Bless me, bless me, tickle my ears, bless me. Sing all the songs I like. Only tell me good stuff, only tell me good stuff. Only... Church is not about what I can get, but how I can grow, how I can grow and what areas of my life I need to change in. It's not about bless me, but what if we all showed up on Sunday morning looking for someone around us that needed some encouragement, and instead of always bless me, bless me, bless me, we showed up thinking, who am I going to bless today? Because I guarantee you, you're sitting beside someone this morning really hurting. They look good, but don't be fooled. I guarantee you're sitting beside someone today. And one word from you, Janet, 
one, one encouraging word from you. They may be in this room and not hear a word that I'm saying, but one a smile from you could make all the difference. And so my, my responsibility, because I'm responsible to God for you, my responsibility is not to show up here every Sunday, Tiffany, just harping on sin. Oh, sin. Oh, sin. Oh, I miss those old fire and brimstone. Oh, sin. No. My messages should point people to Jesus. So I've got to not listen to you. Oh, I think you need to speak more on this. Oh, I think we need to hear more of that. Oh, I think you need to talk more about this. And oh, I, I need to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I need to not listen to you. I'm mandated to preach the word. And you're mandated to show up here and say, God, how can I be a blessing to someone else? And God, what is it that I need to grow in? Not bless me, bless me, bless me, but what do I need to change in my life, Jesus? What do I need to change? I wanna be happy. I'm tired of being miserable. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm tired of playing the games. And so instead of just bless me, bless, just tell me I'm fine where I'm at. God, just speak to me in such a way that I want to change so I can be more like you. And so that's my prayer for you, family. I expect you, Don, to hold my feet to the fire. If I'm ever talking a whole bunch of opinion up here, you better run me out of here. I better preach the word because that's the only thing that's going to change anybody's life. That's my responsibility. And I'm asking you to think about more than just you. All right, yeah, I want my blessing today. I want you to show up asking God to make you a blessing in someone's life. Instead of what can I get, what can I give? What can I give? because it is more blessed to give than to receive. Would you bow your head and close your eyes, my beautiful family? Only you, God, can change a life. Only you can use us to have a powerful impact on those around us. But God, we, we, can't be so, we, we, we can't be so inward focused, so inward focused, God, that we forget that your heart is for lost things, for lost people. And so God, here I am, use me. Here I am, God, use me. Here I am, God, change me.
Change me into what you want me to be. We get so focused on changing for other people around, to please people around us. Oh, I, I can't even have an individual thought of my own because I don't want her to not like me or for him to not like, no, 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 no. Your life is far too valuable to be caught up in any kind of weird group think. God has placed his hand upon you so that your life can matter. And so thank you, God, for loving us right where we're at and for having a purpose for our lives, for having a purpose for all the junk that we've been through that we look back on and it's like, cannot believe that I did that. Thanks, God, for having a purpose even for that. And we look forward to what it is you want to do in our lives, God. It's all about you. In Jesus' name. Would you stand up with me, my beautiful family? And you know what? I'm going to ask you just one more time. If you'll just close your eyes and bow your heads. Just, we're done, you guys. I promise you we're done. But if you'll just bow your head and close your eyes just one more time before we get out of here. I just, I just heard the Holy Spirit say something to me specifically for, for and, and I, you guys, I just, if you'll do me a favor, just bow your head and close your eyes and don't think about what you have to do next. Just listen. I just, like I just literally, as I was wrapping the service up, I just heard the Holy Spirit speak something to me specifically about some ladies, some young ladies, some ladies. Um, and and I, I just want you to hear me, all right? This isn't magic or anything. This is just God just like literally spoke something that I want to say to some ladies, particularly in the room. And it's in this area of about where you find your worth, where you find your, your opinion of you, your, your self, how you defined, define yourself. Like I, I specifically heard God say, that he's wanting to change the way, the lens that you look at yourself through. He wants to, that lens has been clouded and it's been messed up. You've been so focused on things that, that just don't matter and other people's opinions and, and body image stuff and all this stuff. You've been so, like the, the, the lens that you see yourself through is clouded. It's not how he sees you. And so God really wants to take you on an adventure this year, on a journey this year of really discovering who you are by his definition of you, not by your girlfriend, not by your parents, not by your mom, not by, not by your dad, not by your husband, not by, not by your best friend, not by your job, not by, but he, he wants to take you on this like specific journey of how you see yourself so that you're not identifying yourself by who you're with what you've done he wants you to find your identity in him and the only way that happens is by you asking God just show me show me who I am in you in you God I know I'm married to him I know I this is my job I know I'm so-and-so's mom but God I've lost myself in this help me to see who I am in you change me change me show me the things that I need to do differently thank you God 
because you only want good things for us. You only want good things for us, things that produce life, things that produce real life in you. Thank you, God. We find ourselves in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you guys so much. Next Sunday, next Sunday we'll start a week of prayer and fasting, all right? You'll be getting an email. I love you guys from the bottom of my heart. See you next time.